Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is September 24th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and to stay up to date with all the news from around the international dispute resolution field. And before we get into it this week, if you haven't already, take a moment and share the show with a friend or colleague. And if you've got any feedback for the show, drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. And you already know the drill. Don't forget to leave us a review. It helps others find the show. And let's just jump into it. We start this week with the news. And first up, we head to the United States where a district court refuses to vacate and award a null at the seat of arbitration because it would offend basic standards of justice. In the case Comania vs. Grupo Cementos, the court resolved the dispute which dates back to 2005. The plaintiff, Simsa, executed a shareholder's agreement under which they obtained a right of first refusal of shares in a mutually held Bolivian cement company. In 2009, the respondent, GCC, communicated its intention to sell its shares in the cement company and after a back and forth negotiation, GCC asserted that Sims's attempt to exercise its rights were invalid and sold its shares to a Peruvian company instead. Thus, in 2011, Simsa initiated arbitration against GCC under the rules of the Inter-American Commercial Arbitration Commission and applying Bolivian law before a three-person tribunal. The tribunal awarded $6 million for Simsa and GCC attempted to annul the award in Bolivian court and to appeal the award simultaneously. Meanwhile, Simsa asked the U.S. District Court of Colorado to confirm the award and to seize GCC's assets, which it did. GCC, following some attempted political tactics in Bolivia, following its hotly contested election, which is a story for a whole separate time, the Bolivian courts rejected GCC's arguments and GCC attempted one final time to ask the U.S. Court of Appeals to set aside the award for allegations of violations of fundamental notions of decency and just law, which happens to be a cousin of the manifest disregard of law argument which the courts flatly denied and thus ended the case. We'll provide a full breakdown of the case in the show notes. Then we head to the next case, which actually is a blockbuster news. And in case you hadn't heard or been living under a rock the past week, the well-known and well-regarded Dubai-based DIFCLCIA has been abolished. Dubai's ruler, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rasil Al Maktoum, issued a decree which took effect this week and abolishes the institution and resurrects in its place the so-called Dubai International Arbitration Center, which will be housed in the previous DIFC offices. DIAC, which has actually existed since 1994, has conducted arbitrations pursuant to its DIAC arbitration rules since 2007. It is in stark contrast to the DIFC-LCIA, which was a joint venture between the DIFC and the London Court of International Arbitration, which dated back to 2008, and was a combined effort between the two organizations. Some experts even postulate that the LCIA anchored the institution and added needed reputability to the venture. While this latest move can be interpreted as a modernization of arbitration in the region, it will also have a practical impact for many of those still practicing in the area, and especially those who had DIFC provisions in their clauses. The first impact, and the thing to remember and consider, is that parties should immediately cease including DIFC LCIA provisions in their dispute resolution clauses. Even with six months to go before the center must wrap up operations according to the decree, including the institution 
in your clauses could have a negative impact on the parties. Further, practitioners in the area have also suggested that the Abu Dhabi general market may also provide a more stable landing place for those who want to use the UAE-based institution but may want to see a little bit more stability before going to the DAC. We'll include a link to a further breakdown in the show notes. Then, some interesting news out of a California appeals court which decided to send a dispute to arbitration despite ambiguities in the arbitration agreement. The case is called Western Bagel Company versus Superior Court, and aside from involving bagels, it involves one Jose Calderon, who worked at Western Bagel and filed a class action lawsuit against the company and his former employer, alleging failure to provide meals and rest breaks in violation of California law. Mr. Calderon, a native Spanish speaker, had signed a Spanish language version of the employment arbitration agreement, which had been translated by a third party company. Although the agreement appeared to require a binding arbitration, a catastrophic typo in the translation altered the mandatory nature of the provision and therefore created an ambiguity by which Mr. Calderon argued should be the valid grounds for avoiding the arbitration, only with the Court of Appeals overturning that decision, while citing a 2019 SCOTUS decision, which said that despite the typo, when a court can clearly discern the intention of the parties, then it will enforce the contract accordingly. However, this example does provide a warning to lawyers and business professionals alike. Be careful with your drafting, especially when doing it in multiple languages. Finally, in the news this week, Let's talk treaties. My favorite topic, treaty talk. Two important events to note. First, Angola joins the ICSID convention, becoming the 157th contracting state to the convention. And then, just a few days later, Malawi accedes to the New York convention, becoming just the 167th party overall and the 42nd African nation to join the convention. These are important developments for both nations and will have an important impact on the commercial operations and international practice for parties in those countries. All right, let's talk about some opportunities that have come up in the past week. First up in opportunities, we've got a couple of positions posted by oil and gas and energy company British Petroleum, or BP, who is a recruiting who is recruiting counsel for its Singapore-based offices, particularly for its refining and products trading. Namely, these parties would be working with China and the Eastern Hemisphere markets. The ideal candidate should have about seven years of experience in, oh yeah, and in a nod to the COVID era, these positions have remote working options. Then, jumping over to Australia, where King & Wood Mallisons is seeking a solicitor to join its dispute resolution team for its Sydney-based office with two to four years of experience. The successful candidate will be working largely with international arbitration matters. From there, we head to London, and two more postings. The first one is with Denton's, and the second with Arnold Porter, but both are seeking international arbitration associates to join their London-based offices. Both firms are large multinational practices and have postings that you can find on their websites. Finally, a shout out to the international arbitration database and research company and friend of the show, Juice Mundi, which is seeking a senior product marketing manager for its Paris-based offices. The ideal candidate will have three years of B2B marketing experience, and they're a great team that is growing. If you've got interest and you think you might be qualified, check out the position. 
All right, to end the week, let's talk events. The first one comes to us from Young Ica, which continues its webinar series with a webinar titled Introduction to Arbitral Secretary Appointments, featuring a number of current and former arbitral secretaries from across the globe. The event will take a look at the work and day-to-day -day experiences of tribunal secretaries. The event is on September 29th, and event registration is available on the Young Ica website. Then, on September 27th, the ICC Young Arbitrators Forum, or YAF, hosts an event titled Climate Change-Related Topics in a Nutshell. The organizers write, climate change is a hot topic. It is an extensively intricate topic at both the national and international levels, in different contexts, including obligations of state and commercial companies as well as human rights. Climate change is also becoming a more and more important area of interest from a dispute point of view. The event will be organized in a hybrid format and feature speakers from across different roles, including counsel, academics, arbitrators, and more. Then over to Withers Worldwide, which is hosting an event titled Shifting Cultures and Mindsets in International Arbitration Towards Mediation. The organizers write, while we are generally adverse to conflicts, particularly in harmony valuing Asia, encountering disagreements in human relationships is unavoidable. Success in business and in family lies in how we can overcome these disagreements quickly, use them to deepen mutual understandings, and perhaps even leverage on them to create new value for all parties involved. Over the past decade, there has been a shift towards mediation, including actions by courts, governments, and businesses to promote mediation as a dispute resolution mechanism. The event will focus on how attitudes toward mediations are changing and could show room for growth. Event registration is available on the Withers Worldwide website. Finally, for this week on September 29th, the launch of a new series, and we're excited to talk about it, titled ARB in Brief, which describes itself as a practical guide with fortnightly 15-minute episodes of a live conversation between two arbitrators discussing hand-picked arbitration issues. That is going to be a blast. They've already got a lineup of five speakers, including another friend of the show, Reka Ranghachari, and the conversations are moderated by Olga Hamama. The first topic is titled Trailblazers, Ambitions Meets Extraordinary, and event registration is open now. I'm excited to see where this new series is going, has to offer, and we at TOT and Disputes Digest wish them the best of luck. All right, that's it for Disputes Digest this week. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and to drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com if you have any comments or feedback for the show. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales. None of the views shared today or in any episode of Disputes Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis, and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.